Hi, welcome to Debutantes and Debauchery, a book discussion podcast where two best friends get together to drink wine and talk about YA novels. I'm Reina. And I'm Michelle. In this episode, we were going to be discussing The Girl from the Well by Rin Chapeco. It's a YA horror novel about the spirit of a drowned girl who meets a young tattooed boy and helps protect him from a dark revenant. As usual, we will discuss all content from the book, so there will possibly be mentions of child abuse, pedophilia, gore, drowning, and because Michelle insists this is a content warning, creepy dolls. Creepy dolls are creepy. <laughs> Let's get to it. I'll say it to you this time. Thoughts on the book? Star rating, general um, opinion. I really liked it. It was a fun read. Which feels wrong to say, you know, about a book whose main character is a girl who gets drowned and then comes back and she can't go to heaven because she's, you know... Evil? Angry, <laughs> I was gonna say. And then she starts killing a ton of people. You know, when I was reading those scenes, this is really bad. I mean, it's, it's good, but it's bad. When I was reading those scenes... Where, like, rapists and, like, murderers were getting murdered by her in, like, horrible ways and she was, like, torturing them right before they died, both psychologically and physically. I understood logically that I was supposed to, like, feel creeped out at those scenes. We were. I, I mean, I assume so. There's, like, descriptions of, like, maggots coming out of her mouth. Is that a content warning? I don't know. There's, like, maggots coming out of her mouth and, like, you know, she's, like, looking creepy. She's, like, hanging down from ceilings. But I was just getting, like, giddy. And you oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was cheering on yeah. the sidelines during those scenes. And, like, it was a fight where you knew how it was going to end. But it was still just so much fun to, like, watch it play out. Mm-hmm. Especially the guy who, like, who, like, kept, like, hitting his cabinet with, like, a bat mm-hmm. and being like, come out here, bitch, I'm gonna kill ya. And she was just like, boo. And he like pissed himself. Like, <laughs> loved that stuff. It was great. I just, I mean, right before we started the episode, I just said something like, it was a, a light morning read, an enjoyable morning read, because <laughs> yeah. I just read this book like in one morning. It yeah. was, it was cozy. I had myself some tea. I was just laying on the floor. Made me feel happy in my heart. It was a solid book. I really enjoyed it. I think I gave it like 3.5. It was fun. Yeah, I'd give it like 3.5. It's sort of like, I was thinking about how like three stars can be very different for some books. Like for some books, a three star for me is like, yeah, it was enjoyable, but I'm never going to read it again. And like, I could have done something better with my time. I'm not sure like off the top of my head, what book would fill that. But like sometimes a three star is more like this book was fun and it wasn't a waste of my time, but it was just like a fun, like one time read. Like I enjoyed the experience and I'm not going to read it again, but like, I'm definitely glad I read it. Yeah, that's how this book fell for me, too. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, educational bits to it, too. Like, there was the murder, and then there was the education between the two of them. About, like, Japanese folklore? Yeah. Yeah, I found that stuff really interesting. Yeah. That was fascinating. I don't know how much it was accurate. I assume it was accurate. It seemed like the writing in, like, the book that they did some kind of research. Yeah. On, like, um, what they were talking about. I didn't fact check anything. Neither, neither did I. So, I don't know. But, speaking of, like, the folklore this is based on, my god, this makes me just really want to watch The Ring. I've never seen it. Have you seen it? No. We can watch it tonight. Let's do that. Because yeah. I am just, like, filled with a longing to watch. I went, like, even after I read the book, I went Googling, like, is it better to watch the American or Japanese version of The Ring? <laughs> <laughs> we should watch the Japanese version. Okay. Um, but then I went and found it's a whole franchise, and now I'm just like, man, I just want to, like, watch all the movies. And, like, I put the book on, like, my to-be-read list, like, the original Ring book. Because um, I just find, like... I found it fascinating and very creepy. I imagine, like, the book didn't scare me, like, at all. I imagine the movie will make me shit my pants. <laughs> the book had creepy parts to it, 
But it wasn't a scary book because you were rooting for the horrible monster. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that I was like thinking about how like the book read like a horror movie, but it wasn't scary. At least, I mean, like it was written to be creepy, but I wasn't creeped out or scared. And like, I think it was because like we were seeing everything from like her perspective. Which was kind of detached. It was very detached. Yeah. I kind of liked it. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting. I thought it was really descriptive and like an interesting point of view because she, yeah, she was just so detached from everything and just like describing it. It would have been a totally different book if we were from Callie's perspective, you know? That would have been a scary book. That would that would have been a scary book or like, you know. That would have, that couldn't have been a young adult book. <laughs> like if it was from Callie's perspective. <laughs> yeah, that would have, that's what I feel like the movies are, you know? They're yeah. from like a person like Callie's perspective. Or, like, I was thinking, like, if you watch the movie and you were watching, like, you watch, like, this as a movie. Because that's what I was thinking the whole time. Because just, it felt like I was reading a horror movie. But from the perspective of the ghosts. Because, like, if it was a horror movie, like, the scenes where she was killing the guys, if it was from perspective of the guys, those scenes would be terrifying. You know? (laughs) But instead, you just gotta be like, woo! Woo! Get those rapists! Get those child murderers! Yeehaw! Yeah. I just live for... Rapist suffering consequences. Delicious. It was so, it was like chicken soup for my feminist soul. (laughs) It's probably not feminism to like want men to die. Like rapists to die. Yeah. I guess that's just like being a person. (laughs) Maybe that's too political. What, saying you want rapists to die? I don't think that's political. It might be, Raina. It might be. It's not. Um, it was a great book. I really liked it. Let me find all my notes for it. I love that she, like, instead of being, like, a spirit who, like, haunts a house or, like, and, like, scares people all the time or she's, like, if, like, she, if she met, like, if she met Tarkin by, like, haunting his house, more of it was she was, like, a spirit who just went around the world, like, you know, like, releasing the spirits of, like, murdered children. I just love that. I wrote in the beginning that she's, like, a psychopomp. Um... That's a word that I heard in Gunner Creek Court, but I am assuming is a real word. Yes, it is the guy, someone who guides souls to the place of the dead. Technically in Greek mythology, but either way, it's like, yeah. So she was just like, I thought that was really cute. Yeah. In fact, like, I thought she was really cute. I loved her. Yeah. Okiku. I also loved that the book was from her perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, that made this book really different. I mean, obviously we already talked about, like, from a fear perspective, but also, like, if it was from Kelly's perspective or Tark's perspective, it would have been... It still would have been a good book, but it would have been a normal book. It wouldn't have been unique. Yeah. Yeah. And then from the ghost perspective, it was like, damn. Also, since she has lived for hundreds of years already, it was interesting seeing that shift. Like, even in the names, when she started off, she always said the teacher's assistant mm-hmm. to refer to Kelly or... The boy with the tattoos to refer to Tark. Yeah. And then even at one point she was like, the teacher's assistant. No, her name is Callie. Yeah. When you like see that shift in her. And then eventually she started saying Callie, comma, the teacher's assistant. (laughs) And then eventually she started saying just Callie. And I was like, love that. I loved her interacting with Callie, but like especially Tark. Um, like, like wandering around Tokyo with him was so cute. And I just, I love the scenes where, like, she's just, like, sitting near them. And, like, Callie was always, like, shitting her pants whenever, which was so, so funny. And I was like, no, she's nice! But then Okiko even was like, I get it, though. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But I just, I just love the, like, I want, like, sequel, but it's just, like, a comedy about, like, Okigu and Tariq living together. <laughs> like, the hijinks. <laughs> yeah, the hijinks of, like, living with, like, a, you know, hundred years old Japanese revenant ghost yeah. in your body. <laughs> like, a nice one. Not, like, um, what was the name? I don't remember the name of the, like, evil... Chio. Chio, right. Yeah, I just, I just, I think that the perspective of Okiku her like reactions to things and like the descriptions when she was like seeing stuff and describing stuff i thought were all excellent i think like the only part of the book that like maybe i didn't love was i found the dialogue parts really stilted they were very like i don't know what the word i'm looking for is they didn't after all like the really lovely description of like what okiko was seeing it was just like eh. yeah kind of makes sense because she's been alive for hundreds of years and she hasn't talked to anybody in that time I don't mean, like, Okiku's talking. I mean, Uh-oh. like, just, like, the written dialogue from, yeah. like, everybody else. I didn't really think about the written dialogue at all, because it was... It seemed like the written dialogue was more a vehicle to, like, get them where they needed to be than anything yeah. else. So I just kind of, like, skimmed through it. Like, oh, we're gonna do this thing, and we gotta go here. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did, like... um I did like the dialogue, but I loved the emails back and forth with Callie and yeah. Tarek. I thought those were cute. They were really And they're cute. really funny. Tarek was funny. There's your there's your angsty teen. What what what's this like weird theory you have about like Callie and Tarek? That was just a joke. Thank God. <laughs> like, what the hell? I mean, like sometimes it was weird because um, for context, before we started recording, I was making jokes about an incest warning <laughs> for Tarek and Callie, but that was just a joke. Um, I thought it was weird that the at one point, Okiku was like, or whoever it was, was like, why do you even care? And she was like, he's my cousin. I'm like, okay. He's your cousin! <laughs> yeah, your cousins. You could also say, like, we're friends, or we grew up together, but they or didn't. we're close. I, mean, I don't think it's weird. I guess it would have been less weird maybe say, like, we're family. Yeah. I don't think it's that weird to say we're cousins. Like, why are you risking your life for him? We're cousins. You're not close to your cousins? I'm close. Would you risk your life for your cousins? I would risk my life for basically anybody if it meant that I had a possibility of seeing them. <laughs> Unless I knew they that, were a that's, rapist. That's like a strong point, because I would not. There's a lot of people I would not risk my life for, even if I knew I could see them. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> okay. Okay. If I knew the person and I knew that they were horrible, I would not re- risk my life for them. But just a random Joe Schmo on the street that wasn't wearing a MAGA hat. Like, sure. He could be a killer underneath it all. He could be, but what if he contributed thousands to charities and I just let him let him die? die. <laughs> it's a moral question yeah. right there. Yeah. Would you save Joe Schmo on the block even if you <laughs> thought he might be a killer? If I thought both of us would live, then yes. Mm-hmm. It's if like I, that. If I thought both of us would die, then no. <laughs> It's like that, I don't even know where this came from. I don't know if it's from a book or a movie or some kind of comedy sketch where it's like the dilemma of like going back in time to kill Hitler, but like, or maybe just, or maybe it wasn't going back in time. Maybe it was just like the theory that Hitler's still alive somewhere. If you saw Hitler, would you kill him? Yeah, but there's like, how do you know that's Hitler? Yeah. Maybe it's just like some old dude. (laughs) That John Mulaney bit. It's a John Mulaney bit? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember what that was from. Yeah, where he's like, what, I'm gonna kill this old, old man? (laughs) He looked like Hitler. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> okay, moving on from yeah. that. If you haven't watched any John Mulaney, go do that. We're not, like, advertising John Mulaney. We're not paid to advertise John Mulaney, but, like, 
Love that guy. <laughs> um, I love when, this is just a tiny thing. It's just like one of my first notes. I love that dogs see her. Yeah. The whole thing of like my pets can definitely see spirits. Yeah. That, that was just I liked that. I really liked Sandra, the little girl. Sandra was great. Yeah. Oh, I love Sandra. She was so good. She was just like. There's the girl in the mask, and I don't like her very much, and she's kind of creepy, but then there's also this other girl, and she looks like a freak, too, but she's nice. <laughs> she gets freaked out by the number nine, but don't worry about that. <laughs> I love Sandra. She yeah. was so cute. Was the, um, I love the thing with um, the, like, the kids that, like, Okiku was, like, taking to the next world, how they had, like, ropes connecting them to, like, the guy that, like, hurt them. Interesting that all of them were connected to guys. Like, I know, like, statistically, but, like, everyone she's killed has been a dude. Does she also kill children, like, murdered by women? Anyway. Does she um, also kill children murdered by women? Let me rephrase that. <laughs> Does she also, like, save children murdered by women? Anyway. Um, but, like, if you had to choose between killing a woman who killed children or killing a man who killed children, which would you choose? Both. But if you had to choose only no, one. that's When would I be in a scenario like that? Wait, if I was a Kiku, had... I could simply kill all of them. <laughs> Equal opportunity here. I think I'm... I think Okiku didn't like necessarily want to kill people, though. She made it seem like she killed people because she was a vengeful spirit and she had to, and she chose to kill people who were bad people so that I she thought... didn't kill good people. She, well, they described how she, she had like a connection. Yeah. To, like, these children. Well, that made it so she could kill them, then. I don't know. So by that law, like, she would then be able to kill, like, women who also- which, it's just as bad. <laughs> just as bad, but I'm saying if I had to choose- No! This is not a discussion. <laughs> it is just as bad as a woman kills children. Um, anyway, the, like, the ropes. Uh, my point was, like, they set up, like, the rope thing in like, the very beginning when she was killing that first dude with, like, the stained, like, stained shirt dude or whatever. And, like, possibly the only part in the book that I found creepy um, was the reveal of the smiling man where she, like, walked over to him and he had, like, tons of children, like, tied to his wrists with that. That was, like, the only and creepy Sandra part. And Sandra was sitting on the bench with him and it but, was, yeah. like, oh. That was the only creepy part of the book with me yeah. when it was, like, revealed he had all of these. Because that was, like, a great, like set up of like you had the scene in the beginning that set up okay men who kill children they have or anyone who kills like a child have that rope connecting them and then it was like a couple chapters later this dude has like a million children and it was like yeah. a yeah. disgusting also the smiling man just made me think of that creepypasta i thought about you when it said the smiling man i was like brina hates that <laughs> i hate that fucking creepypasta <laughs> i hate that so much yeah I kept thinking of creepypastas during this book because, like, so many creepypastas and, like, those games are, are based on, like, Japanese fit folklore. Like, I was thinking about the doll one, like, the hide-and-seek doll game where, like, you invite a demon into your house. Because why wouldn't you? Just to play hide-and-seek with it. Like, what kind of idiot if you does that? If you don't have any friends, you just want to play hide-and-seek. That's... Play hide-and-seek with your pet. I just... I literally would rather play hide-and-seek alone before I play hide-and-seek with a demon inside of a doll. Like. With a demon inside of a doll that has a knife. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Anyway, I was just thinking of that. Um, but also, at the same time, I would have just, like, punted Chucky. So it's like... <laughs> Chucky's not scary. Like, they could have picked a creepier yeah. doll also, to be Chucky. I just love the idea of, like, punting scary things. <laughs> I just like the idea of you punting Chucky. Yeah. That's hilarious. 
He would have been like, Michelle, he's coming. And I'd be like, hang on, let me put on my steel toed boots. I'll take care of it. I was, I was scared when Sandra was sitting on the bench with him because I thought she was going to die. And I was like, no, Sandra. But then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Save her. I felt like it was so, like, abrupt when um, Tarek got, like, abducted by the smiling man. I just wasn't expecting that. Tarkin. Tarkin? Was it? No, it's Tark. His. Oh, sorry. Like, his nickname was Tark. His nickname is Tark, but his full name is Tarkin. What did I say? Tarek. Oh. Tark. I'm just going to call him Tark. Just call him Tark. Um, <laughs> that makes me think of Turk. It's not the gorilla from Tarzan? Turk? Tarzan? Yeah, the gorilla. For some reason, my brain was like, Tarzan is the gorilla from Tarzan. No! <laughs> oh, it's Turk with an E. You know that thing? Oh, but this is Turk with an A. Yeah. I was just thinking it made me think of that. I don't know why I'm talking about the gorilla from Tarzan. I'm surprised you know his name. She's a she, actually. No Sorry. one knows that. It's oh like my a... God. It's like one of those things, like the first, I type, I type in Tarzan Turk and the first thing that comes up is Tarzan Turk's gender. You know, all of this, like, locked up Tarzan lore. <laughs> We've gotten so off topic. <laughs> I was talking about how Tark got, like, ran out of the school because he made all those, or he or, like, um, Chio. Is it Chio? made all those like headless birds appear and he ran outside and then Callie was following him and then like suddenly he's abducted by a smiling man. I guess I just wasn't expecting that. Neither was I. I didn't think worlds would collide like that. Mm-hmm. The smiling man was so like such a minor part of the book. Also yeah. the abduction of Tark and Callie was also such a minor part of the book. It's kind of funny that like they got abducted and like almost died and she had, like the tip of her finger like chopped off and like they really kind of glossed over that. Immediately after that happened, it was just like, we're going on a vacation to Japan! Woo! <laughs> and Tark was, like, dying. And again, that was just... I think part of it was, um... Because we had that detached viewpoint, so it wouldn't really make... S- she told us their emotions sometimes, though. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess they just didn't have any PTSD from seeing that man crumpled into a ball and shoved out of the bed. Delicious. <laughs> Another. With his face peering back out at him. Love that. I would like to see this as a movie. I wouldn't. (laughs) I would. I love horror movies. I mean, I would, but I wouldn't. You know. You know how it is. Yeah. I don't want to see a man crumpled up. I mean, I don't want to see it, but I love that it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Um, One of the things that I was thinking about was, like, with the actual plot of the book. There wasn't a lot of mystery with the book. You kind of knew everything, and at certain points, like, you got to a point, and then one character just, like, info-dumped, like, all the backstory on you. Like, Yoko did that to, um, Callie. She had, like, a moment of, like, clarity, and then she just info-dumped, like, a ton of stuff about, like, what had happened to her and Tark, and then they got to the, like, shrine maidens, and then they just, like, just told you everything. There wasn't a lot that you just kind of discovered. It just kind of all told to you. Which I forgive, mostly because I like the descriptions from Okiku, but like, I would have loved some more mystery, you know? Like, discovering it naturally, yeah. rather than just having it told to you. Show not tell! <laughs> You're gonna be that person. <laughs> said every English teacher ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I really, really liked the Shine Maidens. They, they were, were awesome. Like, they were badass. They were, they were badass. And I loved the whole system of dolls and then like purifying the dolls and how you could like see the demon looking out at you from the doll's eyes. 
That was really great. Yeah. They, I mean, they devoted, like, several pages to describing how they purified the house before, like, the exorcism of Tark. Yeah. Which like, I appreciated. Yeah, that was nice. That was fun. I love the detail about how, like, every, like, bowl and sink and even spoons yeah. had to be filled with, like, salt water. Yeah. That was awesome. Those were, like, those were, like, the little details that made me feel like the book was researched, mm-hmm. you know? And how they, like, cleaned everything three times to mm-hmm. make sure that the house was fully purified. And then Callie was like, I didn't know it mattered that I got my blood on one of his seals. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> Sometimes Callie annoyed me. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I was just, Callie wasn't a super developed character. I feel like she was the, you know, she was the audience insert, you know? Yeah. Like, if it was a movie, she'd be the protagonist. Yeah. And she wasn't super interesting. I was thinking that maybe at the end, she was going to become, like, one of the Shrine Maidens. That would have been cool. like, half of them died. Mm-hmm. And she, like, could see, or at least at some points, she could, like, see the stuff, you know? Like, she could see the Revenant inside of Tark, and she could see... I've just forgotten her name. Chia? Okiku? Okiku. There we go. Yeah. I was like, Kiku, Kiku, what is it, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought she was going to become a Shrine Maiden, but that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Tark was considering. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I like how he was joking about it and he was like, I could wear a hat. I could wear those giant funny hats. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to do those horoscopes to, to the emperor or whatever. <laughs> Don't behead me. <laughs> Another detail that made it feel researched that, like, she, or like the author, like, it was, like, revealed that, like, not only were those guys, like, the like male exorcist or whatever but they also apparently had this role of writing horoscopes for the king yeah yeah that was really cool um another thing that kelly did that kind of annoyed me was at the very end when like okiku is using her life force to keep tark alive she kelly is like don't do that yeah that that was like also annoyed me she was so scared of okiku the whole time and like i get being scared of okiku but it annoyed me that when Tark joined his life force to Okiku, her first thought is, you did that for no reason. Yeah. Also, like, Okiku destroyed Chio. Yeah. Like, Okiku saved all of you, and you're like... But she looks creepy, but so she's I creepy. still don't like her. Like, no, be friends with her. I'm, like, in love with Okiku. <laughs> be friends! Yeah. I guess we needed Callie... To not like Okiku, so that we could see Okiku through, like, an average person's eyes. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I would have liked that character development of being, like, yeah. maybe just because she looks bad doesn't mean that she is bad. Yeah, I was hoping from, like, the end. Yeah. There was also this one part where Okiku kills that guy. It was, like, a tiny part. But she kills this guy who has three children spirits with him. The one at the shrine? Yeah. And he did it when he was really young, and he had, like, aged, and he had spent his entire life repenting, and then Okiku still killed him. Thoughts? I mean, I think I kind of liked that scene, because it was so different from all the other scenes of, like, all these guys who, like, didn't care about the fact they were killing, like, little children. And they were- and so, like, she had to, like, destroy them. But, like, with this guy, he was old, and he had been, like- he, like, understood that, like, it was, like- there was this was like his final punishment for like yeah. killing these children, and she like didn't like you know do creepy things to him. She just like destroyed him. I don't yeah. remember how she did it, but it wasn't like nasty. He just she just did the blow. Yeah, she just did the face thing. Like, and but he was like old by then. I don't know. I kind of liked it. And like I don't know if I met like an old dude and he was like I killed children when I was little. I'd be like, all right, you're still bad, even if you've been repenting this long. I don't know. But then does he deserve to die at that point? 
I don't know if he's old, but it, it doesn't, I don't think it's like, does he deserve to die? It was more like he kind of sought it out. Yeah. He was like accepting it, you know? Part of it too, I think, is that in order for the children to be free, then their killer has to die. Yeah. So I think it, the fact like he wanted it, maybe if he hadn't wanted it, maybe like if it, I think feel like it'd be a different discussion. Like, I feel like I would be more like willing to like, not willing, you know, I, f- I feel like I'd be more conflicted maybe if like he didn't want to die and like Okiku found him and she was like, he's been repenting since he was a kid or not a kid, but like since he was young and then she like brutally murdered him. Yeah. But it was like his choice, you know, he was like, I understand. Mm-hmm. I need to repent for like- At this- the same time though, if you're a kid, and you're killing children for fun. I don't think he was a kid. I think he was just younger. Or, yeah, that's, I meant like a young adult and you're killing children for fun. There must be a seed of evil so <laughs> deep inside of you that you wouldn't spend the rest of your life being like, oh, I did a bad thing. Like, okay, worst case scenario, you accidentally kill a child. I don't even know how I would go on with myself. Yeah, that's, they didn't really tell us how he killed them. Like, it said that accident- he did it for fun. Oh. Yeah, but then how- he repents for- Yeah, how do you come back from that? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe he, like, starts killing animals instead, but that's horrible still. But, I yeah, mean- so he deserved to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just don't know the realisticness of somebody who killed children for fun when he was in his 20s, and then- Repents, like, like oh. his whole life. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry, I killed those children for fun, that was a bad thing, I know that now. Like, you should have known that back then. Yeah, the good point. I guess I'm more mature than the average 20-year-old. It's <laughs> <laughs> because you're 21. Yeah. Um, something that, like, is just kind of funny that I was, like, totally, like, what the fuck, why, is Yoko in the mental hospital. Mm-hmm. What kind of sham is this mental hospital running? There are many reasons. Firstly, she's allowed to just have all these creepy dolls. Two... I thought it was kind of weird that they just put that Japanese sliding door up. Like, how do you just put it up in a mental hospital room? I mean, like, it's great that they were, like, trying to make you feel comfortable. I was just sort of confused why they would do that. Also, she managed to do, like, a whole-ass exorcism with candles and matches and setting the dolls up. And apparently her bed, like, rising on the floor and falling. And no one came in until hours later when she was dead. What kind of sham? And she should be in a high-security one, too. Yeah. Because she tried to kill her son multiple times. Yeah. So, like, it's so lax that she's able to find candles and matches and have a whole exorcism battle and no one notices. Like, what the hell is happening here? Incredible. That just, like, absolutely was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Okay, here's something really stupid that just, like, got me every time they said it. I kept getting really irritated when they kept using the word taint. (laughs) Like, I know taint is, like, it means, like, like a like a stain, like a dark stain. Yeah. But for some reason, every time they said it, I was just like... <laughs> I was like a teenage boy. <laughs> and I kept writing, stop saying taint. It's funny that you said that, because I literally didn't think about it at all. I, the entire book. <laughs> because normally, I feel like you're that kind of person. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? You're a teenage boy. Yeah. Um... I feel like they could have come up with a different word besides taint. Okay, the other thing about going back to the old man that got killed behind the shrine, there were no consequences for that. There were eyewitnesses placing tart at the scene of the crime. <laughs> this was just at, like, the the shrine of, like, those ladies, though, right? Yeah. So maybe they, like, saw it and they're like, mm, hush, hush. They were like, just bury the body. Well, they knew that Okiku was there. 
But still, there's no yeah, they consequences said something. at all. They should have gone up to, like, one of the shrine maids and been like, hey, so, like, you know, I got this, like, ghost, like, on my back. There's, there's she a- killed someone. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. There's a dead body out back. Don't freak out. <laughs> I feel like the shrine maidens wouldn't freak out. Like, they, they got this. They'd be like, oh, another one. <laughs> they got this. Um, I loved the hot springs, the onsen. I was like, man, I really want to go to one right now. Yeah. Like, please. That's it. That was just my, I was, like, dreaming about going to one. Same. And Heather Shine Maiden was like, stop that with your Western culture. Just get in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that Tark was going to be, like, the main character. Really? Yeah. Like, he started the book. He's, like, the guy that has weird tattoos. I thought that, like, he and Okiku were going to be, like, more friends. Mm. I thought that, like, I was actually really pleased, sort of, with how they went with Okiku's, like, relationship to the story. Like, how she was so detached. I thought it was going to go direction of, like, you know, Okiku, you know, becomes friends with Callie and Tark. And Okiku becomes, like, more human and stuff. And she, like, but she sort of stayed, you know, a spirit the whole time, you know? She only spoke, like, twice. And... She never, like, got to that point where it was like, oh, now we're friends. I'm just gonna, you know, you know? Yeah. I also liked how Okiku, when Callie would ask her things, she would, like, be, like, her creepy self, right? And in her her head, she'd be thinking, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But Callie would be like, why are you so mysterious? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. I loved when Callie... Is like trying to communicate with Okiku. I don't remember. I just wrote down love her communicating with the spirit. I think it was when she was in the library and she was just like, she like stacked like nine things up and like tried to communicate with Okiku. And I, thought, I liked that. Yeah. I liked that like Callie went to do research, you know? Yeah. I also liked when Tark got kidnapped and then Callie like immediately. Like, called people and then jumped in a cab and, like, followed him. Like, like you wow. should. <laughs> like, okay, take an action. And yeah. she runs into this, like, kidnapper's house. Yeah. I mean, she does get, like, knocked on the head and kidnapped, and it could have gone very badly, but... But she got lucky, because she has a ghost watching her back. Yeah. <laughs> one, the, one more thing that, like, I loved that was, like, one of the, thing that, one of the prettiest, like, descriptive scenes was the firefly scene, right after, like, the whole exorcism and stuff, where, like... Okiku and Callie were, like, watching all of the spirits, like, move on. And, like, all the descriptions of, like, the fireflies. And I just, I loved that scene. Yeah. That was so pretty. The descriptions were 10 out of 10. They were. Made me keep coming back for more. Mm Mm-hmm. Also the creepy descriptions, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Just in general, I think all the writing aside, at least for me, all the writing aside from the dialogue was really good. Yeah. I don't know. For some reason, the dialogue just really stood out to me of being, like, not as well written as like everything else Mm -hmm. there's this one like really funny part this is one of those emails that tark sent it says p.s managed a decent conversation with the apartment guard earlier today i think something might have been lost in translation because he's claiming there's no little boy living in the apartment next door there was some kid matching the description i gave who died several years ago though i'm like you see ghosts all the time and you think something was lost in translation (laughs) Good point. He literally has a ghost attached to his hip at all times. And he's like, so weird. Yeah. I loved, like, I really loved these emails. Yeah. Um, I loved two things in his 
that because he was so funny that Tark wrote his emails. One of them was, there are so many other fun ways to dishonor the family name that buying girls underwear shouldn't be one of them. <laughs> that was excellent. Also, I love how he talked about how like, kind of ironic that most hot spring resorts allow for dogs, but not for people with tattoos. So I guess in this current Japanese social hierarchy, we've got Japanese, you know, better than pets, better than me. <laughs> um, which I think is, Tark was really funny. Yeah, he is. I wasn't super connected with him or Kelly, but but he was funny. It took a really long time for me to even get a read on who Tark was, like, as a person. Yeah. Because you start off and he's, like, the quiet kid that, like, nobody talks to, and he, like, isn't letting anybody see his, like, tattoos. Mm-hmm. And then you find out that it's because he accidentally killed a kid. Yeah. <laughs> which was just out of left field. I was like, oh, damn, okay. And then he has these funny emails. He's, yeah. So I'm so like, I guess it was supposed to be, I don't know, I feel like it was like, you know, once you got like under his like creepy shell, once, well, I think it was the turning point was when Callie like admitted she also could see Okiku. Yeah. And then he like let her in because now it's like, oh, somebody else sees all these creepy things that I'm seeing. Yeah. And he's like, now it's time for me to be snarky and funny. But there wasn't like a... I don't know. We didn't get a lot of him being, like, a normal person. No. It was just, like, him being silent and then, like, getting killed by his his mother trying to kill him and then, like, the emails. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't, like, a super main character, honestly. Yeah. He was, like, a plot piece. He know? was. What did you think of Yoko? Oh! I guess this is a good way to discuss, like, Yo- what... I was gonna more think, like... I mean, Yoko is fine. Whatever. What did you- I'm gonna throw it back, right back at you and say, what did you think of Yoko's decision to do this to Tark? <laughs> Fucking wild. I know, right? Like, okay, I get that, like, this was- she was like, oh god, I gotta do something, there's this creepy ass, there's this giant spirit I gotta lock somewhere, but your child? <laughs> and, like, immediately following the consequences of this happening to Chio. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Her sister. So her sister gets overtaken by evil spirits. And her first thought is, I better take my kid so that if this doesn't work out, I can just anchor the spirits to him next. And you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna be so fucking crazy by the time that something bad happens. It won't be my problem anymore. Yeah, I was like, mm, maybe not some great parenting there. It would have made more sense if she was trying to actively figure out a way to get the spirit off of him the entire time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really a timeline for when she went crazy. I feel like they mentioned that briefly at the end when they were talking about, like, what everything happened. Is that she went nuts after, right afterward? I don't remember. But yeah. was he, like, a, like a, like a baby baby? He was a child, I think. Okay. But also the Shrine Maidens didn't, like, they just went along with it. They were, they were all okay with sacrificing this child. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't have just locked Chio up in, like, a cage to let her die and leave. That's what they should have done. Just like, a ton of salt and stuff everywhere. Just let her starve to death. Good, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, it sucks, but. Like a child. A child! <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was like one thing that kept bothering me a little bit during the whole thing, which it's something that comes up in like so much media, was like every time they talked about like Chio's face, or sometimes they were talking about Okiku's, but usually it was Chio's. And they were like, her disgusting, disfigured face. Or like, her horrific, horrifically disfigured face. And I'm just, I'm really tired of like, because it's such a huge trope in media of like, oh, the person with the disfigured face is evil. 
Yeah. I'm just really tired of it because I've been noticing it so much, probably since I became aware of the trope. You know, you know when you become aware of something that's really problematic, and then you, you know, start watching stuff, and you're like, oh mm-hmm. god, the trope is everywhere. It's about the ingrained misogyny. When in disfigurement, I thought it was just like ableism. Or it, it could be both. I was thinking like, like I guess it would be more ableism. I was thinking but, more. I I know what yeah, you mean. Like yeah. you know, like women being like ugly. Yeah, ugly when part? they're evil, and then yeah. beautiful when they're good. That's a good point. I was thinking more of like just disfigured people in general in life, men and women yeah. who are just like you know ugly because they're disfigured. They're evil. Like it's such like in like yeah. media, you know, where like there's the bad guy and his face has been badly burned and he's evil, or like he has a disfigurement, you know, which is like tiring to see and read and watch all the time. <laughs> you know, it's both, and they're both bad. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. But, like, you know, I keep seeing it. Because I was watching, like, I don't know. My dad made me watch, like, the new James Bond trailer. And, like, the bad guy has, like, a badly burned face. I'm like, can we just be done with this trope? Honestly. Like, it doesn't need to exist. Maybe, for once, the good guy could be disfigured. Wow. You know what, um, what turns that trope on its head? Is Twilight. Who in Twilight is... He's not disfigured. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Edward is hot. And he still kills things. Boom. I don't think this is really... (laughs) This is not... I guess to really turn it on its head, we need a disfigured person who's good. Avatar. Is blindness a disfigurement or... I was thinking... I guess... I wasn't thinking of Toph. I was thinking of Zuko. Oh, that's a good... He's evil. He starts off evil and then he turns good. Yeah. Also, evil is a strong term. He's a teenager. Sorry, he's the bad guy in the beginning. Yeah. Good point. Maybe that. Maybe that is. You know. Yeah. But that's very rare to have a main character who's like a main good character, and they have a disfigurement. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a specifically a story about someone with a disfigurement rising above against all odds, like wonder or something. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of. I, I was having like a conversation about this with my parents recently, so I'm like stuck on it. Um. Anyway, let's move on from that. Actually, I'm going to have another depressing uh, complaint, but another, like, this was also, this was, like, really minor. It, it, I only thought about it towards the end when, like, Okiku and Chio were, like, having their big battle um, about the other trope that, again, once you, like, start learning about it and then you see it everywhere of, like, this one's even more common of, like, black is evil, white is good. I was thinking about that. That's even more, like, that's so common. And I was just, I was thinking about that right at, like, the ending scene where, like, you know, Okiku comes in as, like, the white spirit and, like, protects. And I'm like, (sighs) yeah, another trope. I actually thought about that in the very beginning. Because it was the woman in black and the lady in white. Yeah. And I was like, oh, good, they color-coded them for us. Yeah. Ooh, black is evil. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Those, those trope both of those tropes are really prevalent in horror movies. And horror anything, I guess is what I mean. You have to make it really easy. Otherwise the audience just will mm-hmm. not understand which one is evil. Yeah, black is evil. People with disfigurements are evil. Yeah. Every, uh, yeah. Ugly people are evil. I want, like, I want to end this on like a happy note. This was a good book. It was a good book. <laughs> it's not without its flaws, yeah. but it was a good book. What else do I have to like end it on like a happy note here? The ending was different. Yeah. I appreciated that. Him, what, like, what? merging with Okiku. Oh, that, yeah. Because he couldn't stay alive on his own. Last thing to talk about. There's a sequel. It's called The Suffering. And it looks like it's about Tark. Oh, wait, it's about both of them? Oh, they go to the suicide forest. Oh. Oh. I don't know a lot about 
the Suicide Forest, but I know that there was that one horror movie that was released that was, like, just so insanely culturally insensitive. I don't... I feel like I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Because it was about the Suicide Forest, and you're not supposed to take images of it. Yeah. And it was literally shot in that forest. Ugh. And there were, like, images of, like, people hanging themselves in that forest, which was just horribly insensitive. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember- the only thing I remember about the Suicide Forest was, like, it has a different name. It's not just called that. It's called Aokigahara. Anyway, um, was when that stupid YouTuber went in there. Oh. Why does everyone just like to not respect anything? We were supposed to end this on a positive- Fuck! Okay, positive note. Ooh, a sequel! And it gets really good reviews! And it's written by a Japanese woman, No, actually, she's Chinese. Oh. Vietnamese, I think. Wait, it said on her, like, um... I went to her website. I think she's, like, Chinese. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I was expecting the author to be Japanese. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. She also writes books. I think she's... She's... She's Chinese and Filipino or Chinese and Vietnamese. One of the two. I don't remember exactly. I'd have to go yeah. look it up. And I remember some of her other books. I think books. it was Filipino because I think I read it and it said in the back page. Raised in Manila, Philippines. I remember this because I thought it was funny. It says, for the author's description, it says, Despite uncanny resemblances to Japanese revenants, Rin Chepeko has always maintained her sense of humor. Raised in Manila, Philippines, she's, she keeps four pets, a dog, two birds, and a husband. She's been a technical writer and a travel blogger, blogger but now makes things up for a living. Yeah, I like, the, yeah. that was funny. Both of those, the fact that she's like, uncanny resemblance to Japanese revenants. Yeah. yeah and then so, she lists her husband as a pet. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, she's Chinese Filipino. I remember like, going and wondering, because I assumed she was Japanese, but yeah. yeah. Is that like, I don't know, I'm not going to go into that. Um, we're not, not even going to talk about it. We're not even going to go we're into gonna that. We're going to gloss right it's over that. not even our business. Um, but yeah, that, that's none of our business, though. <laughs> that's the, yeah, the sequel gets, like, amazing reviews. I wonder if I wonder if a sequel would get really good reviews because, or, like, better reviews than the first one, because anyone who didn't like the first one wouldn't bother reading the sequel, and then, like, obviously everyone who liked the first one reads the sequel and then gives it a great review. Do you think that's, like, a counterpoint? Children of Blood and Bone. That's because the sequel was shitty. Children of Virtue and Vengeance got good reviews, though. It did? Yeah. I saw really bad reviews. There were really bad ones, and then there were really good ones. People Where they were like, oh, my children are back. And I was like, no, you're wrong, though, because your children aren't in this book. (laughs) We're never going to get over that No, we're not. We're going to talk about it every single episode until we get some recompense. Is that the word? Maybe we'll force ourselves to read book three and it'll be better. I feel like it's not going to be that. I feel like they're just going to make um, them be a couple and it's going to be ruined. Don't even say their names. <laughs> anyway, it's because I blanked on their names. Anyway, anyway, we've gotten so off track. The sequel, it's called The Suffering and it's about Tark and Okiku and it takes place in Aokigahara, known as the Suicide Forest. And I really want to read it. Yeah. Because I like this and it looks even better. Oh, and it says Okiku's justice becomes blurred. And Tark is the one who will pay the price. I dig that. Ooh. But also, why would he go to that forest, though? <laughs> it says darkness pulls them in. Just like, don't go there, though. <laughs> well, we'll have to read it to find out. <laughs> but like, bro, like, your life is so fucked already. Why would you go to a place known as the suicide forest? Okay, wait. I found one review that, um, from Kate, 
who says, this has everything I like in horror, up to and including white people dying because they were stupid about another culture's spiritual practices. Love that. So we're going to read this. Live for it. That sounds excellent. And that is where I think we should end the episode, because yeah. I'm going to have a lot of editing to do to deal with all of that, like, off-topic stuff. <laughs> And that wraps up the discussion. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to find us, we're on Twitter, at DebutantePod. Let us know what you thought of the book. Did you agree with us? Did you disagree? What books would you like us to discuss next? You can also find us on anchor.fm slash debutantes dash and dash debauchery and on our website, debutantesanddebaucherypodcast.blogspot.com. Next time, we'll be reading The Hearts We Sold by Emily Lloyd-Jones. That episode will be coming out in three weeks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.